All right, y'all, let's get it. Everybody in? Everybody is. All right. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Bones, you here? Three, four, five, six. Three, four, five, six. Andrew, check, check. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Keith, where it is? I have a 2S education, bro. I can't fucking count. God damn it. It <laughs> <laughs> was so good. What's up? Hey, what's up, man? That, that Andrew? What's That's going on, guys? Not much. Waiting on your punk ass. Uh, hey, hold on. I'm having some issues here. I can't hear a damn thing. See, this is why you're supposed to start like 20 minutes early so you don't have issues. This is what's called preparation. But, you know, since he can't hear us, I can just say whatever I want. So, no, I can you know hear why he's... through my phones. <laughs> what I was about to roast the shit out of this dude. <laughs> All the muscles and can't use your brain. Are y'all there? Yes, yes sir. Oh, uh, there we go. All right. Much better. What's up, guys? Oh, you can hear now. Going on. Chilling. Just got home. Nothing new in life? Uh, back at my house, I was up at my mom's for two months because she had uh, ACL and meniscus replacement surgery. So I was up there taking care of her. Hmm. Look at you being a good... A good child taking care of your parents. Gotta take care model of model citizen. Model citizen, right there. Model citizen. I don't say I'm a model citizen, but I'm a good son. What makes you not a model citizen? I do my shit. You deal with your shit, or you do your shit? I do. I do my fair share of shit. I guess I'm yeah, a model citizen. I, I, I pay taxes. I, I don't break many laws. Many laws. Let me ask you this, Andrew. The the shit that you're referring to that you do, how much of that is uh, societal standards versus like actually wrong, like people would say is wrong? I I, I, I guess like we're coming in hot. <laughs> societal standards. Uh, no one really bat an eye at it, but what people would say are wrong. People would bat an eye at. Like, uh, I don't know. Some of the shit that I that I I do, people are like, oh, that's you know, you shouldn't do that. It's it's dumb. It's this and that. And like, it's not really more of like anything highly legal. It's more just like where society's pushing right now. So, I see. Dig deeper that's into that. I want to know what you're talking about. Nah, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm oblivious to all society standards. I can say this. Me personally, as long as you're not causing any, any kind of harm to anybody else, fellow men, women, children, I mean, in the end, and I'm, when I say harm, I mean like you're actively stealing from them, hurting them, yeah. whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally. If you ain't doing none of that, everything else can kind of be dealt with. Yeah, no, it's it's nothing, nothing that harms anybody else in any way. I figured as <laughs> such. 
I can yes. go into this. Let me let me let me do something more fast though before I get too deep into this and <laughs> we start uh going on a rant. I'm gonna open everything up. So you know it's been a minute. Yeah. People in the back, we haven't talked. We've been out here just adulting. And we're gonna bring in new people, we're gonna bring in new stuff, we're gonna start fresh because shit, we've been adulting, you know, we got stuff going on. You guys got stuff going on. People in life got stuff going on. It's the same shit, different day. So just bring it round circle, full circle here. Reintroduce yourself, Andrew. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm 29. I've known Cause for I don't know how many years. Uh, Jesus out Christ. here in Arizona doing doing my thing. I just bought a house. I'm trying to get hey, into uh, congrats. Yeah, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. I bought it right after uh, Mississippi, actually. Man, that's big, bro. Seriously, congrats. Yeah, thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Um, trying to get into uh, firefighting currently, and I just started my new job as the security manager uh, at O'Malley's down here. Somebody gonna show up at O'Malley's and wreck that shit just because you announced the location of where you're at. Oh, it's cool. I know a guy. I know a guy. It's cool. Yeah, no, no. I know this guy. That's why I'm coming to this place. He said something and I wanted to listen. We can scrub that out. Nah, <laughs> hell no. I'm leaving it just to fuck you up later. You're a hoe. So you ain't shit. Good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically it for me. Cool. Fuck you. North, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Michael North, uh, Tucson, Arizona, born and raised. I've known Kaz since my freshman year of high school. So, you know, uh, just out here living in L.A., Los Angeles, just chasing my acting dream and, you know, just trying to be 1% better than the day before. So, You hear that, Andrew? You see how simple that was? Mine was simple, too. Fuck you. My bad. I, I had a question for Michael real quick. Um, how's that uh that movie? I haven't gotten to go see it yet. Man, I finally found out why it's taken a minute for it to come out. And uh let me just say some some reshoots had to happen. Some reshoots uh-huh. had to happen. Uh there was some drama behind the scenes with one of the actors, and uh a lot of stuff had to get reshot, redone. And uh, yeah. So uh, the minute I know, trust me, the minute I got a release date, y'all are gonna have the release date. Because uh, oh, I was wondering, I was wondering myself. I was just like, yo, what's what's going on? But yeah. So everything's in motion. We're just waiting for some theaters or even Amazon to give us the green light for a release date, and when they can go ahead and put it out. Hell yeah. I appreciate you asking, by the way, because a lot of other people have been asking me. So, yeah, dude, I, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I've been, I've been waiting to see on Facebook and whatnot when it's coming out. Yeah, you and me both, man. I think, as a matter of fact, there's, I'm sure there's definitely going to be a uh, premiere in Tucson when it's all said and done. Because, like, I'm pretty sure you, oh, you may have heard before, but um, I'm sure you may have heard this before. But like, this was supposed to just be like a short film. This is supposed to be like a small, like anywhere from 10 to 20 minute treatment essentially 
But with the amount of stuff that got added onto it, our director just said, you know what? Essentially, he just said, fuck it. We're going to go for it. We're going to keep adding stuff onto this. We're going to make this a full feature film. And so the plan is Amazon Prime for it to come out. But, you know, we're probably probably going to be looking at somewhere like The Loft to, like, you know, put it up on a big screen and something like that. So yeah, that'll be tight. Yeah. You know, just, uh, you know, with this with this writer strike and this actor strike going on, we're all just trying to stay busy and just trying to get this independent work out as much as possible. That's what It'll I was come out, was affecting you. I was about to ask you about that. In regards to like what it's about or like how what the vibe has been in LA and stuff like that. Uh it'll be the vibe, but let me let me see what Potter's been up to. I mean, I see this man every day, but or almost Absolutely. every day. But you know, he's about to come back in as a regular because some of y'all like Andrew don't know how to balance your life. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Let me let me figure my shit out. Nah. All right. What's up? Um, Justin, everybody just calls me Potter. I'm here whenever. I've known Kyle as long as we worked at the airport. That's about it. Nothing too special about me. Yeah, see how simple that is, Andrew? I mean, I'm just going to keep roasting you. I'm look, look, I'm roasting you, Andrew. Look, you know how you say you're getting your life together? Hey, man, man. Andrew got his first home, man. That's a big deal. I know. He's about to tell everybody. He's about to get himself robbed. <laughs> well, to be fair, he did relieve a little bit too much information. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just well, going to leave it there let you get fucked up, Andrew. You're a security manager, so if someone shows up at your job, you can fuck them up, kick them out the bar. Yeah, true, but the less problems, the better. Don't create issues for yourself. So we've all, been, <laughs> we've all been adults in, you know. I'm going to leave all that shit in there because Andrew's definitely proud of his move forward in his adult life, doing new stuff, getting new jobs, getting promotions, moving up in the world. We're proud of him. But goddamn, Andrew. Tell <laughs> <laughs> your know whole life story, you. why not? We're always recording because so there's going to be some dumb shit that you're going to say or somebody's going to say that I need to keep. So part of my life story, uh, when I was six. No, uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> need your damn life story because I know that you're going to bring up some crazy shit about how the last time you got a bubble bath was from your dad before he disappeared and shit like that. I don't need God to know damn. that shit. Yeah, I was 18. And uh, he's, yeah, those last time my dad gave me a bubble bath. He said I aged out too old now. Each his own, there's, you know. Each his own. There's so much to unpack. Look, <laughs> this is why he's fucked up. <laughs> I'm fucked up because I hung out with a lot of fucked up people, but keeping them oh, alive. Yeah, you know me for how long, and you're gonna say you've hung out with fucked up people? Fuck you. No one said it was you, but thanks for putting that in. Some of the greatest mm-hmm. artists in the world are fucked up people. You know. Mostly all the greatest artists in the world are fucked up people. There you go. Andy yeah, Warhol's fucked up. Snoop killed a man. And got away with it. There you go. That cannot be confirmed nor denied. <laughs> and Kanye's ex-wife's dad is a man. Who? Which one? Fucking uh, Kardashian. 
She stabbed somebody? No, fucking dad transitioned. Oh. Oh. Uh, I sure. heard stabbed. I heard no. stabbed. I heard stabbed. I wouldn't doubt it. She stabbed a man. Man, if, if they did anything like that, that was covered up years ago. If Probably. anybody in that family stabbed somebody, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Black China. <laughs> Is she really considered part of their family, though? No. Yeah, you know, you know how some women are. I, I got the baby, so we're connected forever, and you know. Yeah, but they really? don't even talk. To but to be fair, they don't even they don't even associate with their own brother. That's true. Yeah. And this is yeah this that that shocks nobody. Yeah, that's true. And Shit. it's still the pinnacle that people base a successful woman off of. That's crazy. You don't even associate with your own brother. Heck no, man. I mean, I'm, not, even, I'm not even gonna get into the Kardashians right now. <laughs> I don't know what I got too much to say about them, but. Well, I mean, if we're being real, that kind of can be a topic in itself. When do you cut people off? When do you not? You know, is it ever acceptable to cut family off? You know, that's that's oh, a whole other conversation. Man, 100%, in itself. I, I agree with cutting family off 100 percent. It depends on the situation, you know, it, they, but there is a time when you have to make that decision to cut off family, even, you know, close friends. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that's real. Oh, uh, yeah, you definitely feel that one, huh, Andrew? Yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> That's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm throwing him under the bus, man. I'm throwing Andrew under the bus today. No, go for it. You know, I've got nothing to fucking hide. You know, with, with, these, with these little snippets with Andrew, I feel like we could have like a three or four episode arc with Andrew. <laughs> Just unpacking everything. Bro, if you've ever been a part of the conversations me and Andrew have, when Andrew goes through his life and explains stuff to me, I mean, I feel like a therapist sometimes, but you know I'm there for Andrew. But at the same time, God damn. <laughs> People think my life's it. like an action movie. I mean, it's, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like therapists need a cigarette after talking to Andrew. Usually. I got a nicotine problem. <laughs> you got a nicotine problem from me? I got a nicotine problem from everybody. I mean, I got like... I got it from osmosis. Just being around you, there it was. You got it from osmosis. <laughs> I got... I, I've got a fucking vape in my hand right now. See? He's got a problem. <laughs> Alright, so let me ask you this. Uh, North, North, I'm gonna leave Andrew alone for a little bit. Thank you. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. With everything going on, like I was saying before, we've all been out here adulting, trying to get our lives together, all this other stuff. That's why we haven't been speaking as much or hopping on. But with you being an actor, with these actor strikes and these writer strikes and all this other stuff, what's the vibe at, like out there? Well, you know, the vibe out here is really uh, like the vibe with any group, with any subject or anything that they're trying to raise awareness of. You see a real sense of community and camaraderie. You know, you drive down every single studio, whether it's Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal, NBC, you drive down any major studio and you are seeing people legitimately out there with the picket signs, playing music, just being there together. You see all kinds of actors in solidarity with the writers, with other actors, things of that nature. And so, um, 
you know, you have, you have Dwayne Johnson, you know, giving a donation slash tax write-off to, to the, the Screen Actors Guild that everybody, the union that everybody's under. Um, I'm not union yet, but, um, but you get the vibe that this isn't necessarily going to stop us from creating because, you know, independent projects are still being made. People are still creating. So there's a vibe. There, there's nobody out here, or at least that I'm sensing or seeing, that is in any form of disagreement with the writers and the actors. So, yeah, it's, it's a real sense of, like, solidarity, and it's a talking point with everybody, even people that aren't creatives. We're, uh, you know, it's because it's, it's out here. It's right in front of our face. So, but it's cool, though. Like, even though people aren't working, it, there really is a I-don't-give-a-fuck energy. And truth be told, this isn't going to last for too much longer because L.A. is losing too much money. So mm. a deal is going to be made in the next couple of weeks here. And from my, from my source, when that, when that deal finally does get made, it's going to be like a rush to get people working because everything is so backed up. So, yeah. That, Y'all that's think you're going to be overworked? <laughs> well, that's what we want. We want to work. As creatives, as actors, we want to work. Overwork us, yeah, but, but just, you know. Don't, there, don't there's that level of being overworked like you you said there's, that there's there, gonna be a rush you're gonna be sitting in a spot where they're gonna bring everyone back but bringing everyone back how much is it gonna be like hey we're gonna push this out right now we got this lined up this lined up this lined up how many times y'all gonna go out there and think about like even the method actors bro they're gonna get fucked well, up <laughs> well here's the thing like release dates have already been pushed back now you can move release dates around however you want to, but anytime, like say, like for a release date, for an example, when you switch that, you pretty much are riding on that new release date. Now, if you finish sooner, and the studios, you know, are cool with it, and they want to, you know, they find a solid slot to release the film in, cool. But once the release date is moved, it's pretty much like that's what we're going for, unless y'all miraculously get this done sooner. So, and that's what these deals are for. These deals are not necessarily just for giving people the dollar amount they want. It's also for the conditions in which we work, you know? So, um, and again, I don't mean to say it like that as if I'm, again, I'm not union, I'm not SAG, so you're, I'm not, you know, but, you know, I'm working towards that. So, so yeah, there will be a sense of like, yo, we got to get to work like right now, but the conditions in which you're going back into it are going to be, uh, substantially better hmm. okay That's maybe i'm long. just seeing things differently because i'll say it with potter like shoot when things get backed up over with us at work man i'm ready to snap somebody well i think i think for y'all it's probably because you guys have like I think you guys are on a much tighter schedule because you guys are dealing with way more difficult aspects of people's lives. You know, like you're dealing with people being able to get from A to B. You're dealing with people's, you know, hey, where's my luggage? You're dealing with all these different things. You know, we out here making movies, man. We're out here creating. The only people that are stressed out about a movie getting released on time, truth be told, are the studios. And it's like, that's kind of what the point of the strike is about. 
because I'm not sure what information you guys got, but one of the big things that they're doing is essentially trying to replace writers and actors with AI. And with actors, the way it's working is they're trying to, like, say I get on a project, right? Say I'm just an extra on a film. And they want to be able to scan my face and then use my likeness. So they're going to pay me that one time for the project I was an extra on. But then after that, after they scan my face, my likeness, they want to be able to use me in other projects and not pay me but anything that, for my likeness. Won't that pay you royalties if you end up going through that way? No. In order for you to get paid royalties and stuff like that, one, extras don't get royalties. You have to have at least one line or something. Like You have to have been featured somehow in an episode of a TV show or in a film. And even with royalties, depending on what it is, man, those checks are like two, three dollars, seventy-five cents. You know, now if you're a producer on something, that's why Tom Cruise has as much money as he does, and you know Dwayne Johnson. When you're a producer on a film, that's when you get the big money for every time the movie plays on cable or streaming services and things like that. So. Look, just my just my side on this. If someone scans my face mm-hmm. and you use my face 30, 40 times after you've scanned it and I get paid $2 for every time my face shows up somewhere, I'm okay. No, that, no, that's the thing. You're not getting anything. That's the issue. They want to be able to use your likeness but not pay you because technically you were not hired on for the project. It was just your likeness. So, um, so imagine all the college football players when all those NCAA football and basketball games that came out and none of them got mm-hmm. a cent from EA Sports. That's essentially what's going on. Yeah, but that's why that went under. It, you're right. It went under. But it's like how many athletes from like, if you think about it, from 1999, which I think is when the first NCAA football came out, from 99 to 2014 how many athletes' likenesses were used and didn't get paid. All right, I see what you're saying. And I mean, truth be told, and we all know this is going to be bullshit anyway, just because here's the thing. Nobody's going to pay money to go see a carbon copy of Margot Robbie, especially if if you're a fan of Margot Robbie, of Jamie Foxx, of you know, um, Andrew Garfield, whoever, if you are a fan of these people and they're telling you, I wasn't in that, they, this is how they're doing it now. Yeah, we ain't going, the fans, fans ain't going for that. 20 bucks though. I could bet you 20 bucks I can find somebody to go watch a carbon copy of Margot Robbie. Of course, you probably could, but you know, they've already tried this. They already tried this like over 20 years ago. When they had a, I think they had a Final Fantasy movie that came out, and they literally created, the movie was all CGI, right? And they literally created this character that was supposed to be the thing. It's like we've created this CGI person, so like even their voice we created somehow. So we're not even going to need an actor. We're just going to use this. uh, Spirits within, or like Advent Children, or one of those. So it was something like that. Yeah, it came out about 20 years ago. And that was like the big thing in Hollywood. It was just like, is this going to replace actors? And it's like, yeah, that didn't get too far. Now, granted, the CGI back then, you know, 
and and this is what's crazy even with cgi the shift is going back the flex of hollywood is different when cgi was first introduced it was sort of like hey look at this cool things we're doing with cgi in our movie but now it's sort of shifting back to our movie didn't use any cgi that big train sequence in the newest mission impossible movie that is a train that they built and that is all practical in this new oppenheimer film everything is practical so that's kind of like the new flex where it's like we're trying to get away from cgi we're trying to get away from you know we're, we're we're trying to get back to the art of these artists performing which is what this is to begin with so okay i remember you brought this up before and i don't remember if andrew or potter were here for this conversation but you was talking about the way that everything was going it's almost like uh talent and skill were no more like you don't need talent and skill because of all these other things that we can do kind of like that you know you can get your face you can get a carbon copy do you really have to act no you just got to have a pretty face you're a carbon copy you could be an actor kind of thing right now, yeah no, that's, that's... switching back you feel like we're making a good way, like good headway where the things are going to change, where it's actually like focus more on skill. Because, I mean, I posted it on damn Facebook that you've thrown Ice Spice ass in my face so much that even if she ain't a good rapper, like I she's becoming a I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, it, it depends on the movie. So a movie like Oppenheimer with a director like Christopher Nolan, yeah, these performances need to and the the filmmaking aspect of it needs to be top needs to be you know i i'm not even i don't know why i'm spacing on the word but it has to be good this has to be top notch there you go this has to be top notch this has to be you have to sell the credible performances now i'm not knocking any films but like the barbie movie for example you know that movie could be flooded with social media influencers and you know whatever and i don't even think that movie does but there are certain genres of film and tv shows that lend itself to pop culture and what's going on in the world today but for the most part you know when you go see a film with distinguished actors and distinguished filmmakers you know that could be a different story like when you go see a Fast and the Furious movie and, and Cardi B has a cameo in it, yeah, okay, you know, it's whatever. It's you know, I didn't like that. <laughs> no, does she really that, have a cameo in it? I ain't seen that movie yeah, yet. Yeah, she, she has been one of them. Now, if you saw Ice Spice pop up in Oppenheimer and she's not for real acting, you'd be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" So you know what I'm saying? Like if you saw any one of these social media influencers pop up in Oppenheimer and they're not for real acting, then it's like, okay. They you showing know. up to show booty. That's what it is, man. True. Yeah, no, that's that's what it is. I mean, Denzel Washington's coming out with Equalizer three pretty soon, and you know that's an that's an all out action film. So you can expect some foolishness to take place in an all out action film, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you got a director like Christopher Nolan, nah, he ain't going for that shit. He's not having it. So. Yeah. So I think it really depends on the film, the genre, as well as the director, you know, so that that really that's the best way I know how to answer that question is like you need talent. I'll say this, who in this business, who, you know, gets you in, but what you know is what keeps you in there. 
Like Jamie Foxx ain't never going to be out of work. Let's say Jamie Foxx can't never act again. Guess what? The man can still do stand-up. The man can still sing. The man can still produce music. You know? Hey, didn't Jamie Foxx get fucked up on like some sickness or something like that not too long ago? Yeah, he's out of the hospital now, though. Well, he's been out for like the past couple of weeks. But yeah, no, he was, uh, he was sick with something I completely forgot. But yeah, you know. Um, Bro, let me tell yeah. you a conspiracy theory. You know what got him? What? The COVID vaccination. I'll tell you like this, man. I myself got vaccinated and I got the first oh. booster. I can tell you this. So long as Area 51 exists, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> That's, I, I know a lot of people that got the COVID vaccination that got that, all the boosters, and got really, really, really sick. I mean, really sick. Like, in the hospital every couple months, sick. Yeah. So I'm if, telling if, you. I'm telling you. I think I brought it up earlier with some of you guys. Lazarus. Lazarus. The anime that's going to come out. Guy gives a miracle drug. Two years later, says everyone's going to die. Bro, that's the COVID vaccination. I think that's the scariest part about it. It's just the scariest part to me is not necessarily the vaccine itself, but the fact that every, literally every body is different. Like the body that all of us have, every single one is different. So it's like the way that we react to it, you know, that's the scary part. Because like when I got my first vaccine, I was on my ass all day. Like I was, I, it's like everything hit me at once. And then I was fine the next day. And after that, you know, I was chilling. I was good. But I'm also a, a, a pretty much a, a healthy dude that, you know, exercises regularly and doesn't eat too bad and you know so i mean i'm probably the wrong person to speak on it but it's like you know even people in my same situation can get really sick still as well so that and i think that's the scariest part about it is just the not knowing for sure i think that's the not knowing thing is is something that's going to influence it but i think one thing that you can do in general throughout life just to make yourself better is to be healthy, eat healthy, regularly right. exercise and make yourself better. Like that's what was COVID's like, well, for lack of a better term, target audience, people who are prone to different types of health issues or whatever. If you don't exercise well, if you are a smoker, if you have any sort of diabetes, like if, if you don't take care of yourself, it's, you know, you have a higher risk of contracting COVID. Well, not necessarily. Because the original target audience was children. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, what are children? Children, they come out like nothing. I mean, their immune system's down a little bit, but they're as healthy as they can be for a child. I think it's safe to say that the target audience was anybody with any pre-existing conditions. And, you know, that could stem to both older people and younger people and children, you know. And I think that the I, this, what scared me, essentially, like what made me kind of freaked out about this whole uh, pandemic was the idea that you could be asymptomatic and give it to somebody else and you will never know. That, that to me, was what kind of shook me a little bit. It was like, I could play a part in somebody losing a family member, like, 
damn. And so that for me, that's what kind of shook me the most. Well, look, that goes into what Spider was just saying with it. Like, if the target audience kind of thing or whoever was targeting and base was like children, because let's say children, they don't have their immune system built up. You're asymptomatic because you have an immune system built up. You have like years of like diseases, all this other stuff, just life, you know, that actually builds right. up an immune system. So you being asymptomatic, you just walk home, see kids go down the street and kids don't have an immune system built up because they're children. It's not that they're sick. It's not that they're uh, have anything going on or any pre what's it called pre uh, existing conditions. conditions. Yeah, exactly. Pre existing conditions is literally that they haven't had an immune system built up yet. It's almost where, again, conspiracy theory type shit. This was like a directed kind of like chemical thing towards like population control. It's literally children and people who don't take care of themselves. Everybody else would be asymptomatic or you'd be down for like a week saying like I coughed and then you'd be back up normally. Like it almost did nothing to a lot of people unless there was something else going on. But with children, there's nothing there. That's just, they're, they're as healthy as they can be for being a child. Babies come out getting, what is it, like allergic reactions to laying on freaking different types of bed mattresses just because they haven't built up an immune system to beat the different types of like chemicals that you use to wash clothes. Mm. That's like when COVID like was like first like, like December 2019 when things were really starting to come out in January 2020. Where I was like, oh, hey, we need to watch out for COVID. It's, you know, it's over here. It's over there. And it started coming closer to Tucson. I was like, uh, uh, okay, I guess, you know, just wear a mask, whatever. But I was working in a, a high-capacity environment, you know, a crowded environment. And then... <laughs> you <everything> learned. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just noticed you said you, you stopped and you went high-capacity environment. You didn't drop the name of the place because I know that's what you was thinking. I was working at multiple places at that time. I was working at, at several different places down in, you know, Green Valley, up in Oro Valley. I was working all over the place, but everywhere I was working was a high capacity environment. There were, you know, potential mm -hmm. of running into contact with, you know, a couple thousand people. So when all that was going on, I was running around and I ended up going and getting because there's my coworkers and a few other people like regulars and different people I would run into like oh yeah I got COVID and I was like I'm gonna go and get a test done I was positive but I didn't have any symptoms whatsoever so when everything opened back up again I started working again I went and like you know one of these other coworkers was like, you know, oh, hey, you know, I've been out for a while. How are you? I haven't seen you. I was like, you know, good. Gave her a hug, whatever. She came up the next day, like, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm coughing, I'm puking, I'm this and that. You should go and, you know, make sure you get yourself checked out. Make sure you don't have COVID because I do. I went and I checked. I had COVID and I was like, okay, she's actually having serious symptoms. I should probably go and get myself checked out again. Went and got checked out. Came up positive, no symptoms. So you're asymptomatic because you're like, 
healthy completely, per se. Completely, completely asymptomatic, but I came up positive. But that's, you know, I think the only time something happened, I had a little bit of a headache and a cough for two days. And then I was fine. Okay, so after all this stuff, like we brought it up, all these things have happened. Do you see it changing how you go to work? Like we've been adulting, like we said, for the last whatever few months, we've been taking care of shit. Has something changed now from what's before? Or like, is it just whatever? I haven't really changed the way I go to work personally. I, I go to work and I get, I think the only real thing that's changed is that parents have a new thing to complain about when they go into a, uh, any sort of, a, any sort of establishment, whether it be you work at Apple, you work at a bar, you work at a movie theater. They just have something new to complain about. Mm. Like I, I go through and I make sure all services are clean. I, I make sure that I, I'm wiping everything down after the first person for used it. I, I make sure things clean, but I was doing that before, you know, and now like I, I get like an older couple from Ohio that comes in and is like wearing masks and, and not wanting to touch anything. And, you know, can, can you can you wipe this down for us, please? Why aren't you wearing a mask? Has has this, has this person that's serving my drinks uh, wa- washed their hands today? And I'm like, yeah, we we make sure things are clean. But I, I think doing the damn that, customer service aspect, you got to listen to that shit. That happens all the time. That's it's it's just a new thing for people to complain about, and that's but that's the only thing that's changed. Just one other thing they want to complain about. You know, at first it was, oh, my, my food took 42 seconds too long to come out, and, and now I want it free. So you don't hear nobody complaining about their food taking 42 seconds too long to come out? Not really anymore. You just hear people bitching about cleanliness? Yeah. Sounds like you're working in a dirty bar. I do not. I know you don't. I make sure it's clean. Can you eat off the table? I would. Send me a video of you licking a bar top. Bet. Stupid. <laughs> Bet. You fucked up. I'm going to lick all the tables in that bar now. And then wipe them down. Make sure they're clean again for everybody else to use them. So you're not putting your hands on where my dirty mouth has been. Y'all are stupid. You the one about to lick a bar top with your dumb ass. You gonna be a watch. I'm waiting for it. I'll get it later tonight and it'll be posted. Watch. About to get this man fired. Don't don't get me fired. He can't get fired. He's the manager. <laughs> They're gonna say, "Why are you in there licking the bar top for?" <laughs> Why you make the bar top so damn tasty? <laughs> He's trying to get drunk on the job without actually drinking. Yes. <laughs> I go up to my manager, my general manager. Hey, so uh, something happened, and uh, um, I licked the bar top, and now my mouth is tingly. So I got a question because this came up, and I just want to ask it because now I can't get it out of my head. But 
Does anyone else think that Ice Spice is attractive since her ass has just been thrown in my face for the last month? Like, ever since we stopped videotape or stopped recording, I've just seen Ice Spice ass in my face 24-7. I don't even know who that is. Of course you don't. What's that supposed to be? Like, I'll say this. I think Ice Spice is of all the female rappers that we've seen or experienced in our lifetime, even going all the way back to Lil' Kim, I feel like Ice Spice, the way she is right now, the way she is presented to the public, I do, I think she's cute, but I think she's the most approachable. Like, if we saw her, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Lil' Kim, if we saw all of them out on the street together, she's the most approachable looking, if that makes sense. Like, but Nicki Minaj started with that whole plastic Barbie thing, and she was acting like a doll twenty four seven. That shit was creepy as hell. No, it was, and um, I think Ice Spice is the most natural. She's the most naturally pretty out of the four, like out of a lot okay. of. Okay, but you still if, got how many sense. how many women coming out saying that if she was darker skinned with the same features, nobody would be after her. Which is bullshit because I mean. What and uh, grant, granted, I'm probably shifting to a different form of art, but it's like so. Angela Bassett has just never been seen as beautiful. Viola Davis has never been seen as beautiful. Vivica Fox never seen as beautiful. You like, lying about Vivica Fox? You you telling me Vivica Fox was not bad back in the day? No, you said she's never been seen as beautiful. No, but that that's what I'm saying is to to combat what they're saying. Like, oh, if she was darker skinned, nobody would think she's bad. I'm like, we've thought darker skinned women have been beautiful for years. You know, you look at Nia Long, you look at Regina Hall, who's my personal favorite. You know, like Tina Turner was dark skinned and she's beautiful. Like she'd always been seen as such, at least once society became more accepting of black people, especially in rock and roll, but <laughs> You know, I've just never understood that. I've never understood the, and I'm probably speaking out of pocket because I'm, you know, light-skinned myself, but the idea, like, you only like her because she's light-skinned is like, nah, that's, that's ridiculous. On a side note, you know who her management is? Mm. Same one as Takashi 6 9 she never gonna fail. Damn, for mm. Mm-hmm. Her man, that's her management was the same as Takashi. So she's always gonna have money no matter what, even if she stuck at rapping. That's what I was kind of thinking too, because she's been blowing up. But like, like I said, I didn't think that she got a lot of rap talent. Like, it's the same beat, it's the same tune, it's the same thing. She can do what she do. That can be said about a lot of new people come out. It all, it's all nothing different. Everybody sounds the same. Well, everyone's with the one-hit wonder type shit now. That's what it seems like. Like, shit. that's why I'd be switching up and be listening to them UK rappers. They'd be different. I, I think yeah. that that kind of thing, though. Like, everybody's not wanting to stick around to see what the new person does anymore. Because back in you know when we were growing up, it was you know we were listening to a bunch of other different artists. You know, and no one really cared about what was going out until it became mainstream. But now it's the, the more popular thing is 
has started where it's like, oh, I have to I have to find out who the newest artist is first before anybody else does, so I can say that I, I was listening to them before anybody else. Everybody's mm. looking for recognition on some shit. Everybody's, everybody's looking to be like, well, I, I'm the one who who was listening to them before you guys were. You guys are fucking posers. You guys are this. You guys are that. And I think nobody a lot says poser no more, dog. Jesus Christ. Why, no, why but like I'm 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 I'm, I'm just not trying to come trying at to... you. I'm not trying to come at you for that one. I'm That's just a goddamn lie. Because nah, I could I, I, I came earlier. on and four seconds after I got on, you go. So Andrew. And start fucking me up. Talking all sort of shit. Look, I got what else do I do? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Who do you guys think rap is the most dominant genre in the music industry now? Right now, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I give it. I think the last decade, it's been the most dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even people who want to be rockers, they they're basically rapping over guitar and drums and. Yeah, that's that's even transferred over to country too, because there's a lot of uh, uh, country artists that are. You know, jelly roll, je- yeah, jelly roll. But like, uh, who did you know? Mor- Morgan Wallen did a, a couple songs with um, uh, what's his name? Hang on, Kane Brown. He, Kane Brown's another one. They they're all doing a uh, different like they kind of have it's country lyrics with more of a uh, like hip hop beat to it, rap beats to it. But let me see, uh, Lil Durk. Um, Morgan Wallen did the song Broadway Girls with Lil Durk. He did a song with Lil that's, Durk. That's, that's wild, right, boy. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I was like, that's a collab that Black I never man. thought would happen. Yeah, I'm Morgan Wallen and Lil Durk. That's a that's a different kind of rap. <laughs> <laughs> but even yeah. this, you bring up like country. All right, if I say something, when you say like the biggest genre, yeah, I think rap is like the biggest genre right now, but I think it's the most saturated with like Yeah, hundred percent trash. Like there it's big, but there's like so much trash that's saturating it. And then because of that, the most mainstream that everyone's hopping on and saying that they listen to is country. And I don't mean I to say this in like the bad way, but how many people do you really know out here that listen to country music? Go out, wear the cowboy hats, wear the cowboy boots, and all this other stuff. And how many people actually know how to ride a horse? Well, you see, that's the thing. That's the division that's amongst. That's the. There's a division amongst even country fans as well. Because, like, for example, you know, they're the fans of country that'll be like, nah, you know, we. I like the real country, which is like Alan Jackson and like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson back in the day, mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, but it's just like all this new age country is just like, nah, you know, like they're, they're fans of country at country thunder and go, there are girls that literally just put on a plaid, a plaid shirt too small for them, Daisy Dukes and some cowboy boots and say, I'm so country. It's like, no, you're not. Like, so there's division amongst even them. Well, and that's the, it's, it's all like different fad stuff, whatever's made popular at that time. And, right. you know, whenever it comes around, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to go to EDC. I'm going to go and do this and this. But those same people that go to EDC are like, oh, wow, no, I've always loved country. I'm going to go to Country Thunder this year. 
and like, oh, I'm going to go to Beyond Wonderland. I'm going to go. And it's, it's all about just people are wanting to go towards whatever is biggest at the time. Right. I, I think a lot of that is just social media influence. They want to be the I think next a lot of that, influencer. I think a lot of that is like socially as well. Like a lot, of, a lot of people, I think, just see it as like a social event more so than really appreciating the music itself. But I think country has a had a kind of resurgence as of late with like Morgan Wallen, Zach Brown, you know, all those other artists because they're bringing like Morgan Wallen. I didn't know he did a song with a little Dirk, but I don't know if anybody's heard like Zach Bryan before. But like different country, like it's kind of brings like a a classic country back, like where it's got Are some you about meaning to No, no, Zach Bryan, Zach Bryan. Let me see. This. Hang on. Uh, he sings that song, uh, what is it called? I think Into the Sunset or something like that. Something in the Orange. Yeah, Something in the Orange. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yep. But different. Like It brings like, well, that's like old country. It, it, it has a more authentic country mm-hmm. sound yeah. to it. Because it's just, so think- it's, all there is is they basically a little bit of uh, drums, some bass, and uh, acoustic guitar. Okay, I'm gonna fuck you up, Andrew. I'm gonna fuck you up. Have you ridden a horse? Yes, several times. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone out, done ranch work. I've done a lot of shit. What's I'm ranch work? Fucking throwing hay bales, feeding calves. Feeding calves. Yeah, feeding calves, running around and and feeding goats, collecting chicken eggs. The only thing I haven't done Are is really slaughtered an animal. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I just had to ask because you said authentic, so I'm giving you the time um, to support what you mean by authentic. Like you, I've been well, out here. The, we have meaning the thing with like new newer country music, and I think a lot of people can agree with this. When someone thinks of country, they think of I, you know. My truck's broken, my dog ran off, and my yeah, wife left yeah. me. <laughs> I think everyone can agree with that. Which, a lo- there are a lot of songs in all genres where are talking about heartbreak or something traumatic happening in their lives. You know, it's not just country, but that's become like kind of the stigma with country. Is, you know, oh, my, my dog ran off, my, my truck broke down, and my wife left me. Okay, let me back this up then. Or let me say something different. When it comes to rap nowadays, like we said, everything's saturated. What is the main thing that anybody raps about nowadays? Drugs, money, guns, bitches. and women. Yeah, or money, overdosing bitches, on, drugs, guns, or overdosing. Overdosing. Yeah. overdosing on drugs or suicide. Yep. If you want to be like on this. the soft side. Suicide is a big one. I think, I I think suicide is, has, has come in with the newer genre, with the newer rappers. That's where that kind of came in, honestly. Yeah, because they all hit that like emo rap, kind of like when they they branched over the emo rock pop kind of thing, and they were rapping with that. That's where that all kind of branched in. Yeah. But like, you know, older rap uh, was all about getting out of the hood to get out, you know, get themselves into a better position. But now it's, you know, I'm still in the hood. I, I'm still doing all of this shit. I'm still here. Yeah. Well, let me let me give you a little history because what what's the whole thing that they're trying to do is 
we don't have, or the point I'm going to make is we don't have lyricists. Like when you say authentic, oh. like rap, we don't have a lyricist anymore in the new age of rap because rapping, being a lyricist and doing all this stuff is storytelling. When mm -hmm. I said, that's what this music's supposed to be. Say what? When you say lyricism, when you say lyricism, I mean with the newer generation, but like ten years back, who people who are still rapping like decade later, they still hold their own. Yeah, they still hold their own, but it's you know now they're giving them random single lines in the songs. If I mean, that, do yeah. you still anyone still I'm listen to J Cole? Yes. Yeah, I still listen to J Cole. Exactly. Like, do you feel like J. Cole doesn't have a lyricist any, or you think he's no longer a lyricist? No, 100%. He's, he's has the best lyricism. But then you got somebody like Lupe, Kendrick, you got people like that that are still going to be able to put something out. But, but on top Lupe of that, there's no... Lupe rap. Huh? Lupe had some songs time? come out recently. Lupe. I don't know. It, it kind of shocked me because I was listening to some radio stuff and, you but know, the, the internet radio like, and bam. Lupe. <laughs> like with some of those guys who like haven't been rapping in a long time, like Lupe, when they put new songs out like that, you're like, this is this is not the same. Like you doesn't feel the same. Yeah. They're also drowned out in my opinion. They're drowned out by all this other hype. So even if they drop a good song, how much does it come up? Not often, I said I didn't even know he came up. But my music, like I very, I stick to very, mostly the same artists. I'm, I'm constantly listening to. You've ever been the UK rappers that are actually lyricists. Hey, the UK rappers be hidden. Like I don't know if you guys don't listen to UK rappers, listen to Dave. That's the first one you should listen to. I'm good. You know what I'm Man, you, that's why you're uncultured. Not uncultured. I'm just. You know, I'm not really wanting to go on. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. The only time I really listen to music anymore is when I'm driving in the car or I'm in the gym. And when I'm in the gym, I'm listening to something to hype me up. I know. That uh, I, that's why I said you don't got to defend yourself. I'm fucking with you. Don't, don't take everything so serious. No, I'm hey, not. You know, because the way, the way I look at it is, like, in all honesty, like, I feel like what makes this newer generation of rappers kind of like a little bit harder to find that diamond in the rough is like they're just like your form of rap and i think little i think wayne did this for us like back in 09 like even back that 07 to 09 period you don't your rap doesn't even necessarily have to be about conveying a message or telling a story it doesn't have to be that it can just be clever like i have y'all seen that little uh that dude that's like going viral right now what's his name uh little mabu no yeah okay that dude he's to a, me he's like is, 13 and he's in private school he his style is very reminiscent of wayne i'm not saying he's going to be wayne or can be as good as him but his style of rap is very reminiscent of wayne because if you're not going to convey a message tell a story because that originally was what rap was rooted in was we are using this artistry this form of art to convey to you the audience what our lifestyle is like you know all the way back even when you go back as far as nwa their whole message was this is how fucked up our life is and we're saying we're speaking up we're saying something about it in the form of hip-hop so now wayne for example 
I can't think of anything that Wayne was ever talking about in regards to any form of storytelling <laughs> or positive. But when you, but how many times tell the truth in 2023, how many times are you playing back ice cream paint job? How many times are you playing back a Millie? How many times are you playing back uh swag surfing? Just because of the metaphor. I don't listen to hey, none of mi- that, even back in the day. Mixtape Wayne was on a different level, though. Let's be honest. Yes. No, that's what I was going to say. And this one, 100%. I'm actually going to use what Andrew said. Because when I said he didn't have to defend himself, I'm actually going to use it as a basis of something. Because Andrew said, when he's going to the gym, and the only time he's listening to music, he's in the car, he's going to the gym. When you're going to the gym, you're listening to something to hype you up. You're listening to something, so then you're like wild out. Even if you're not a fan of like rock music, you go to the gym, you throw on some rock, you feel pumped up, like you're about to start bench pressing like hella weights and things like this. Like there's music that's made for situations. Yes. But there's a basis like country. You said like country, there's authentic country where they're actually telling the story. They actually have that real feeling. You have rap where they're lyricists and they're actually giving something to it. Like they're actually telling the story. There's actually people making like music that's valuable. But there is always going to be music that serves a purpose, like going to the gym or damn it. I'm not even going to lie. I'll sit here and I'll get in the car and it's like you got to listen to a certain type of techno music because I just want to feel like I'm driving the car like I'm in need for speed playing the video game. <laughs> yeah, and that, I, I feel that. And that's for me, like what I've been listening to more recently in the gym is EDM music for whatever reason. It gets me hyped up. But when I'm getting ready to go to work and I need to wake my ass up, I'm listening to EDM. I'm not listening to country. When I'm just having a calm, chill time, I'm just, you know, driving up to Phoenix or driving out on a road trip anywhere. I'll put on, you know, a mix of, you know, country and EDM, some rap, whatever. I'm just on a road trip. I'm just passing the time listening to some music to get by it. But most of it's stuff that I already know, so I can just, you know, cruise and chill along, use it as background noise while I'm paying attention to the road. But Right, it's just like background noise. But if we are creating these people like artists, like I'm saying, I've been, this is where it all came from. I mean, like, Ice Spice is somewhat attractive to me now because I just had ass thrown in my face 24-7. That's not music that I'm going to listen to on a regular basis. But now she's like this popular artist because of her music. But the only thing that I know her for is consistently throwing ass in my face every single time I open my phone. And I think that's where, you know, kind of going back to what Andrew was talking about. That, what's, and it what, what's, going, this, what's this girl's name real, real fast? Ice Spice. <laughs> I have no idea at all. Not even a... Hold up. I got you. I got you. Hold on. I already got it. But this kind of goes this this kind of goes back to what Kaz was, you know, was asking me about about my original point. It's just like when you really kind of peel back the layers, and social media really kind of helped change the game because let's just be real. Whether you are an actor, a musician, a dancer, whatever, if your line, if your field involves being in front of people's face to be appealing. Like Andy Warhol never had to worry about being sexy. Because his artistry was about literally what he was putting together and presenting. It was never about Andy Warhol himself. So, um, whether you are, again, musician, actor, dancer, athlete, your sex appeal essentially is what comes first. 
So your talent is what comes second or doesn't even have to be there at all, in all honesty. So like, you know, my unofficial rival for a long time, you know, the one-sided rivalry was uh, Michael B. Jordan. Not that the man couldn't act, but I'm big on the idea, like, if you are getting this much fame, uh, opportunities, money, it has to match your talent level. And that's where I messed up was because me being the sports fan that I am, a lot of these dudes' contracts kind of validates their talent and skill level, or at least what they mean to their team. But in the world of art or entertainment, so to speak, let me say entertainment, it really is all about just your sex appeal. If you are nice to look at and you're not a horrible rapper, you're not a horrible dancer, you're not a horrible actor, then eh, if you look good, we'll find a market for you. Hmm. You think that's fucking up everybody's mindset now? Because I swear. Well, no, because I mean, that's what it's always. I mean, that's what it's always been. Um, I watched a documentary on the actor Rock Hudson. He's like one of the most one of the legendary actors, really of all time, and he was gay, but he fit the aesthetic of what women wanted to be or women wanted to be with and what men wanted to look like. But he was gay. But that's for acting. You know, like, I understand exactly the point that you're making, because that's, like, what everybody, the ideal image of what people are looking for. But if that so has essen- now become... Essentially, yeah. Yeah, like what you're saying. If that's become a normality thing of what people are looking at, like, your sex... Oh, damn it. Your sex appeal is what actually gets you things. Right. There's the post on Facebook, too, where it's, like, every girl has a picture on her Facebook, on her Instagram, of her standing in front of the mirror with her back turned, with a little butt out, kind of like turn, you know what I mean? Like everyone's yeah. done seen this pose. And, and yeah. It's like, if they make that pose, is it the pose of like, I got nothing else to offer, but I'm a cute chick with a nice ass. But then she's gonna get attention because it's like the sex appeal goes. So then they get value based on, I got a butt. Versus I think what that, they I actually think that's doing. on us. I think that's on us as a society, though. That's on us for, and that includes everybody: men, women, feminists, misogynists. Like that's on all of us because we're placing value and promoting that, as opposed to, you know, like I look at a lot of these Insta. I see a lot of these Instagram thing uh, posts and TikTok stuff, and I'm like, remember when you had to work to get a booty pic back in middle school? Like, you had to work for it. Like, you had to be like, you know, you had to build a rapport. You had to be, you had to have some form of game. You had to be somewhat cute just to get a picture of her in, like, some boy shorts. Like, you had to work for that shit. Now? Bro, and, and, and listen, this is going to sound horrible. The way I'm phrasing it. There are literal minors willingly posting themselves half naked on social media. No, I know what you're saying, because, look, I just went through uh, Snapchat. Yeah, I went through Snapchat, and they have, what the fuck is her name? The Charlie D'Amelio, or whatever the hell it is, the TikToker chick? Yeah, something crazy, yeah. I didn't realize that this chick is 19 years old, and when they're Mm. doing, like, an interview of all this other stuff, she's now, at 19, an underwear model for, like, Kim Kardashian's underwear style, or some shit like that. I'm pretty sure Ice Spice, and again, I, I don't know about much about this story, so I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Ice Spice 
had a 16 year old twerking in one of her music videos or something. I don't, I don't like know. I don't watch none of her music videos. Well, that's what's happening. No, I know the one thing that they said. What was it? It was. It was uh, Kanye threw a fit because his daughter was doing like TikTok videos with her or some shit like that. I remember that thing. And they over there dancing, but. And you know, this is the, the crazy thing about it, man. This is just where we're at. This is kind of random. This is kind of off topic, but I was talking about the differences between men and women with Hannah. And we were really talking about it. And I was talking about like boy bands back in the day, you know, uh, B2K. Boys to Men, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all that, right? Every single boy band or male singer, even actor for that matter, that goes up in front of thousands of people to perform, all of them have the same story of, man, I had to come home, pieces of my clothes missing and chunks of my hair taken out and we had to shut the whole mall down. It was fucking pandemonium. How many women artists have that kind of story of men, you know, grabbing at them, pulling clothes off, ripping chunks of their hair out? I'm pretty sure some of them, like, used to, what is it, crowd surf and get, like, felt up and stuff like that? No, no, no. I'm not talking about felt up. I'm talking about a group of men don't give a fuck. They are trying to rush this woman to get a piece of her. How many stories do we hear about that? None. None. Now, granted, I don't know how many. I don't know how how many men lose their shit over <laughs> recording artists and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, uh, but like, I went to see the Elvis movie, right? And obviously, I knew we all know who Elvis is. We all know what he means to music and stuff like that, as well as the people that uh you know, originally wrote his music, but also, <laughs> uh, I saw the Elvis movie. Slight jab. I caught that slight jab. And that movie quite literally put into perspective for me, the power of celebrity and performance as a, as a male. Like you literally see this dude just dancing and just singing. And like, how many times have you heard a male sing like, how many times have you heard a male sing, sing well, like Usher, right? And out of nowhere, you hear a, a woman in the audience, whoo! How many times you hear that? Because it does something to them. That's just that like they can't control. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I think that's one of the major differences in terms of how women are promoted versus how men are promoted. You know, I really don't got an argument to that one. I was yeah, really trying. Either. And I mean, truth be told, like if 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 I'm wrong, I I can be checked. You know, don't get me wrong. It's just in in short, Kazo, you you fell into the trap. You fell into the trap with Ice Spice. Um, oh, I already know that. I mean, shit, I said it many times, but I've also realized, like, I don't know if I can say this against most multiple people in this world or in our society, that it takes more than just a pretty face to seal the deal. Of course. And, you know, here's the thing. I think this is kind of what can get frustrating a little bit in the world of entertainment is if you're sexy, like pretty, have y'all have heard of the term pretty privilege, right? 
Nah, I'm ugly as fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, pretty privilege just means pretty people will keep getting chances in life. There's, you have a leg up in life, essentially. And so if you're just sexy, if you just look good, you'll, you'll get opportunities somehow in any field because somebody will take a chance on you in some way, shape, or form, especially in the entertainment industry. Look at the dude that, got, uh, that went to prison almost 10 years ago. But he looked real good, so the minute he got out of prison, because his mugshot went viral, and the minute he got out of prison, he gets a modeling contract and uh, millions of adoring fans and stuff like that, all because he looked good. They don't even Sarah know what C. he went Wright to prison for. What did he go to prison yeah, for? He came up right after Sarah C. Right. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that cause. He showed up right after Sarah C. Right. Because her her uh, her mugshot was posted, because didn't she assault her boyfriend or something like that? I don't remember what she did, but her thing was posted, and then he was like a year after that, and so many people threw a fit over Sarah C. Right that he blew up under the same thing on the opposite side, and I think it was just a matter of uh, I don't want to say this like it's the comparison of Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Like, everyone knows that when one thing comes out, something comes in with, like, more force to come back at it. Yeah. If everyone looked at her as, like, oh, damn, this girl's sexy, but she's a felon kind of thing, blah, 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 her mugshot, she cute as hell. When a guy gets posted and girl, or guys have been talking about a girl like that, girls are going to come back. Women are going to come back two times harder on this guy talking about him. And what does that tell you? What, about the gender or about the society? Because I got two different sayings about it. What that tells me is that, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash nobody, but what that tells me is something that we already know. That's one element of power that I believe women have in society. Because women's attention, women's money, and women's, pr- women's approval is what really keeps stuff, uh, is what keeps products and stores being sold, it's what keeps certain people in the forefront of the entertainment industry, you know, things like that. Okay, let me let me hit you with something that's going to really get people to pit, get pissed off. And I know every time you hop on, you bring up the fact that I have Cosmo Samuels as my tag when I go live. But, and that just shows I don't give a shit. But here you said women's attention, women's money, and women's approval, right? Yes. So when we come to the modern day woman, what was it that got this guy his, uh, his modeling career? Was it women's money that got him the modeling career? Did they help him out with that at all? It was the women's approval. And it was the promotion, promoting of women saying, look how good this man looks. Look how good he looks. Look at so Jesus they, Christ. They approved or was it just the attention that women gave him? Like, I get where you're coming from when you say it's their approval. But yeah. We look at what actually is going on now. When a woman approves of something, do we all agree with it? No. No. There's more people who are fighting back, right? I would say in this day and age, yes. Now, before, there was the happy wife, happy life, all the stuff like this. Like, a woman's approval meant a lot more 
when we were kids, like back in the 90s or even early 2000s, than I think it does now. Right. And that's also according to this feminist movement of equality. How would your approval mean more than my approval if we're both supposed to be equal? Then that means like it's the same thing back and forth, blah, 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 blah. Back in, like, that's like a backlash of this whole thing, which it's whatever. I don't agree or disagree. I'm not going to even have a stance on it. But then we go into their funds, them putting money up for something. Now, I'm not knocking on any woman or anything for having her own money. But when a woman is looking for a man, what does most women say that they want nowadays? Uh, the golden 666 rule. Six feet tall, six pack, six figures. Okay, so if they're looking for six feet tall, six pack, six figures, why do they need someone that makes six figures? Because they want to use the benefit of, and I don't want to, I don't mean to say it like this, but there's a benefit of the quote unquote old school values of being taken care of. And it shows financial stability and security in the man. So if a man is financially secure and stable, that's attractive. But are the women that are looking for the financially stable and secure man financially stable and secure themselves? No, because we as a society haven't required women to do that. So is there any standard that is placed in our society today that has any wealth over what a woman puts her money towards? Or any value towards what a woman puts her wealth towards? I mean, I see what you're saying, and I'm riding with you. The only thing is just like there's a lot of power in what women want and what women, you know, put value in essentially no i like agree think, i agree 100 yeah. with what you're saying but it literally breaks this mold of where is the value the value is in the approval and the attention of women and then the money that a man has and as fucked up as it sounds that's what we're basing the society on it's like if you're if you can get their approval physically from a woman then you can be famous you can be rich you can do all this other stuff but you have to get that approval to get the wealth because if you don't get the wealth, the approval means nothing. Because there's no other woman that's going to look at you and just say, oh, damn, he's sexy. I'll to take care of this guy. You know, I have a counter to that. I think it's where it was the region you grew up in or where, how, how you raised. Because if you go further south, men are looking for the approval of the women and they want a, a woman to be traditional. Just look good and stay at home. I'll take care of all the bills, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you come, you know, out here, out west, it's you're looking at more of a modern. Like women are more. I'm independent. I don't need you to take care of me. And men are similar. Men are like I'm, I don't want to really, you know, financially take care of you. Like modern day men are like, you know, I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna pay for you. Have to work. I think it all just coincides how you grew up and where you grew up in, because. I lived in the Midwest a little bit for a couple of years and out there, they're very traditional values where mm-hmm. that's, that's what they're looking for. Like a lot of people have kids. If they have daughters, their daughters go to school, but in reality, the parents want them to be trophy wives and just be taken care of. They don't nothing. So they can get money too. And I mean, truth be told, even with that, you're, you're right in the sense that it can be very, uh, there are many variables that you got to look at. You also got to look at economically, like, LA like unless you are unless you're making at least $80,000 a year like 
and that's that's even way too low in my opinion you're not in a position to take care of anybody on just your income it's like the both of you have to be working out here you what you, one of you at least has to be doing a part-time thing to make ends meet and um you know it's one of those things but, where yeah go ahead i was gonna say la that's honestly i consider that its own ecosystem if you would say it is it is because yeah i grew up i grew up in the northern california i'm from the bay area originally mm. so and even even there it's different you people compare the south california to north california all the time different mm-hmm. but like i said la even different and everybody out there is looking for something i mean to find a way to come up and boom make it to the top right so, I don't know. Like you said, but the like, variables are all there. Yeah, and I think that you know what what Cos was losing was alluding to, or just flat out saying, was a. Uh, and, and let me just make sure I'm understanding you, Cos. I didn't just just before I say anything else, let me make sure I'm hearing you correct. Are you on the side or making the stance of saying, why does your what you value and what you approve of and what you want, why should that matter? when you yourself don't bring something or bring anything to the table at least you're not societally expected to bring something to the table is that what you're saying i mean you went a little deeper than what i would say but basically you're on the same track like okay what society and everyone else have a value like these not even just women i'll even put it on men too because like Potter said it actually not it's not the way that I think, but it's the way I see other people think nowadays. And it could be a regional thing as well. But what we're actually looking at and what people are valuing are choosing how they're choosing to value other people. They personally can't even fit the values to make that work. Mm. Like I said, these women look at you said wealth attention and approval if they have they give the attention they approve of somebody physically but someone doesn't meet the wealth then it doesn't work well you know what i was thinking about that's really hot but if you have all three does it work like if they bring the wealth does it work well let me ask you this i think what it really boils down to is i think and, and here's the thing i think with women your looks, how good you look, can really only take you so far. Because eventually, your looks alone will not last long with a woman. Because, and this is what I mean when I say that. Say you have an average-looking dude, right? Just average. The average-looking guy. Nothing special about him. And then you have a dude, then you got a dude that looks like Michael B. Jordan, right? They both go up to a woman and say, Hey, I'm living with my family right now. Because my plan is to help my parents pay off their mortgage. I'm saving my money and investing my money so that when this house is paid off, they're going to leave it to me or I'm able to go buy my own house. And then my brothers and my sister is going to come stay with me. So that format, right? That way of living. Hmm. Or can we confidently say the average looking dude is going to have this beautiful woman ride with him? The same way she's going to be like, oh, okay, that's all right. You live, 
he lives with his family. It's financially better, and he has a plan. Da 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 da. Like, you know, and she could ride with both for all we know, because having a plan can be just as attractive to a woman, in my opinion. But who do you think she's riding with more, the attractive my dude or the short. average looking guy? Yeah, but right. here's the thing. But, here's where I'm actually making on, this you. argument. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let me say, let me say. But I think it all stems to one thing. How you were brought up. You know? Mm-hmm. Think like me me personally, you know, I'm I'm the type my wife, she stayed home for two years, watched you know, watched our kids, stayed at home mom and I took care of everything. I said, Don't worry about it, you know, that's just what we have to do. Yeah. But I think it all depends how how you you men and women both brought up. You know? Like a woman's looking at him and be like, you know, this guy look he he's he's already successful in his career, you know, that's okay. We can live with the parents. This guy's starting up in his career, not really there. I don't think that's a good idea. You know, it just it just falls into place on how how they were brought up as children, how they viewed the world. I think that you're right. I will the only pushback I give, and it's not even really pushback, it's just adding on to it. I will say if you are a good if you are a good looking dude, like objectively good looking, like multiple or ethnic multiple women of different ethnicities or lifestyles or whatever find you attractive, mm-hmm. how they were brought up kind of takes a backseat because they're gonna be women in the end of the day. They're gonna be humans and be like, oh shit, he's fine and he's nice to me. Yo. I gotta bag this somehow, some way, you know. So I think my my biggest point is just I feel like when men so, look good, yeah. Go ahead. This is this is kind of gonna be a little offshoot, and it's kind of because you brought up Michael B. Jordan. So yeah. <laughs> there's a whole whole explanation about Lori Harvey of why she did mm-hmm. what she did, and it stems mm-hmm. with her mother. Oh yeah. So Steve Har- Steve Harvey was originally married to someone else. You guys know that. Yeah. Like, because Lori Harvey is not even his real daughter. His real daughter. Right. So, the, the, who he's married to now, Lori Harvey's mom, like, divorced Steve Harvey at one point, like, left. Yeah. And he went, married someone else, had kids. He was happy. She got pissed. This is what, this is all hearsay, by the way. She got pissed. Mm-hmm. She came back and took Steve Harvey back. They're married again. But, by the, but during that time, Lori Harvey was, born by someone else yeah so in some way they're, they're basically saying that since Lori harvey's mom treats men in this similar way because michael b jordan all he wanted to do was marry her settle down you know and have family and she said no nah, yeah. i'm not with that but well, look at who she's and surrounded by though that's where you're getting that's brought what up. that's where that that's you know? what it comes into play yeah like the way they're brought up that definitely comes into play what i'm saying is like i'm an objectively good looking dude but if me and, well, okay, maybe that's a bad example because I think I look better than Michael B. Jordan. But me, if, let's say me and, Rob, me and Rob Schneider <laughs> walk into a bar or a club together, right? And we lay down the same game on hey. a, a, wom- a woman who is not in the entertainment industry. She's an average, beautiful uh-huh. woman, right? Yep. Who's going to yep. have more leeway for I live at home with my parents because it's just better financially? I mean, you we, most likely. We know, we know I'm at least getting the booty that night. We know that. But, so it's, but <laughs> Rob Schneider's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. he's funny. The thing <laughs> you is. Uh, laughter, too, man. You can make someone laugh. I've, I've seen some things, you know. I'll say this. <laughs> 
never in my lifetime, especially out here in L.A., in order for you to get the attention to be funny, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, like in order for you to present your comedic timing or prowess or how funny you are, they have to give you some form of time a day. And let's say we're at a bar or a club or something. How does that usually happen? By like the the joke you crack yeah. is better be it better be one of the, it better you better be writing for Kevin Hart to be that funny, or you got to be out there doing some kind of you know you got to be out there dancing, being goofy, you know, just having a good time. You know, me, and this has happened to me multiple times. I'll say this. Don't out yourself. I have approached more women in Tucson than I do here. And I get more attention here. Okay, let me, on that first let me say well, something. Uh, and... Potter, back me up here, because as much as you say that, like you approach, you get more attention there, but you approach peop- uh, women differently. No, no, not differently. I've approached. I mean, I, you get I, approached. I, I, yes. I'm gonna have to out myself to let this happen, but Potter knows I go on vacation from work all the time. Mm-hmm. Every time I come back from vacation. He says I have a stray. I ask him, I say, did you catch a stray? Catch a stray? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but oh God. here's my point. Here's my point. When you say, like, okay, the guys, like, you come over and you're looking for the attention, like, it's going to be the more attractive person. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. I do not go out. When I go other places, I do not initiate conversations at all with anybody i don't initiate conversations with people here whether it's a man or a woman or anybody else is very rare for me to initiate the conversation you guys know this about me i don't care but how is it that somebody of like you say you look you think that you would look better than michael b jordan i do not think i look better than him i think i look like the freaking golden trash bag that you throw off to the side you say what (laughs) I'm telling you, have Michael B. Jordan shave his mustache. I promise you, he's gonna have a car. Note. I'm not even look. I'm not even trying to put myself on that level. I say I'm below average, but if I'm below average and I can sit there and look at somebody and be like, I'm just standing here, whatever. Cool. I can always come back with a stray in Potter's words. However, the other side of this. I do not go out and flaunt money either. I do not flaunt that I have this or that or anything else. As as we shouldn't. (laughs) God dang. But that is my biggest problem is I can catch the attention. Like, I'll even put it this way. And I'm actually going to be a real dick about something. I went out with uh, a few women recently that I haven't expressed major interest in. What? You want me to repeat that in a better phrased way? No, go ahead. (laughs) So I've gone out with a few women that I haven't followed up with extreme interest in, but I've still gone out with them and everything. And I wanted to see how they are, how they vibe, what they function with. They're not the most attractive beings in my world. And I'm not going to 
lie about that. There is always going to be someone who's more attractive. But hey, maybe they have a good personality. Maybe they have pretty eyes. Maybe they have thick thighs. Maybe they just mark more boxes than the chick that's a 10. Now, I can openly say that, but I believe also openly saying that brings them up to saying, well, you know, you're really nice, this, 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 but I just don't see this working. And of course, my response whenever I hear that is just like, no worries, whatever, because I'm not even that invested to begin with. And I'm not going to lie and not be a dick about it. I'm not that invested into like, I'm going to fucking throw my life to the side and invest everything in this woman I barely know. Right. But... I can tell you one thing is, if I go somewhere and I offer, hey, I'm going to just pay for dinner, you teach me this, 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 let's see where it goes. It's very, very simple to just be like, we're going to take care of things, I'm going to pay for dinner and see what happens. And get what you want. Yeah. Whether you really want this or not, or whether you really invest in it or not, it is very simple. And I have also been to the point where I've had arguments with people saying nobody wants a woman that's older. They always want women that are younger. And younger women will throw themselves at you. No, no, no. I've had this argument with someone who was younger and it was on my Facebook. Right, right, I'm not right. going to go into detail about this because that got heated and I had to back out of the conversation. Because once you think that you can start using your own family or your own children as leverage in an argument, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Right. But... To go back to what I was saying, these younger women that I've actually talked to are very, very, I don't want to say easy, but it's easily, you gain approval easily by purely showing that you can take care of something. It's not even like, damn, I'm the most attractive guy over here, girl, I can do this, 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 whatever, whatever. I could literally just show up and be like, hey, I'm at a bar. You want to buy a drink? I got you this round, whatever, whatever, go your way. Next thing you know, the girl's on my hip the whole night, and I don't even fucking care what she looks like or who she is or anything about the chick because I have no interest. But it's like all you did was buy a round of drinks for somebody, and next thing you know, they're attached to your hip. You don't have to be like this super, like you said, the more attractive, like what is it that they're actually looking at? The value of what's actually being done valued or the view of what's actually being valued is so obscured and so twisted that buying a round of shots can be just as good as saying hey i'm actually or even better than hey i'm actually living with my mom trying to get this trying to get my money right so that i can make sure i pay off this house and i can take care of my brothers and make sure i take care of another house and i have all this other stuff and i have a plan for my life that conversation takes too long versus I have enough money to buy a round of shots right now. Which now granted you're right. And the point, the main point that I'm trying to drive home is that when you are, I'll just, I'll just flat out say when you're a pretty person, you have more leeway to have those conversations. You have more leeway in regards to quote unquote, not having it together or not being able to buy a round of drinks for everybody because of the fact that you're deemed as this desirable person you have that let me let me break let me make sure i'm understanding this right because i'm not a pretty person that's what i'm saying here kazo shut the fuck up you whatever you compare yourself to michael you compare yourself to michael b jordan you're trying to talk to me like i'm never gonna even argue that i'm never gonna compare myself to michael b because i know i look better than him (laughs) 
See, this is what the fuck I'm talking about. How the hell are you going to say that and be like, oh, tell me to shut the fuck up? I'm not even I'm close to that. Kazo, I'm not going to compare Kazo. myself to... Kazo, let me explain something to you. All right? I have a newfound life, energy, and confidence since I've been out here. All right? I ain't going to let that fly. And you can be a pretty Every person. I am not sitting in the same boat as you are is what I'm saying. Kazo, you know what I'm going to do? Every time you post those fucking posts about how ugly you are, I'm going to report your ass. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to report gonna it so you have to right take it the down. <laughs> I will post one right the fuck now. But this is what I'm saying is, if there is somebody more attractive, and I can deem that there's somebody more attractive than me at this club, and they of want course. the attention, and they want this, or they make these moves where, you know, they have these conversations, and they got to spit this game, and they got to do all this other stuff, why is it that I get the same attraction or effort or anything else by just sitting there, not saying shit, and then just doing the one nice thing that normally people would do, like, hey, I'm going to buy a round for people. You've been hanging out over here, whatever, cool, this, this, whatever. There's so I much game that people are trying to put in that it doesn't make sense. Go ahead, give me the answer. I can tell you that answer, Kazo. Go ahead, go ahead. You're a good-looking black man who looks mysterious. Can I just That's give you a timeout? Is. Like, I'm just going to, like, 20-second timeout your ass. Like, people love the mysterious type. <laughs> Let's be real. So the fact that I just hold a mysterious thing is what's happening. I actually gave Michael a timeout. I got to actually put him back in. I felt kind of bad. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's the mysterious nature. Because honestly, look, I just decided I was going to be an open book and shit. Uh -huh. And there was like one girl, not even the most attractive girl. I've had all this type of shit. Where it's people throw themselves left, right, whatever. And I was just open with the chick. And she was asking me all these questions. I was like, I have options of anything that I can go to. There are attractive women that will come up and speak to me. I really right. just don't find anybody of interest. So if you can pique in interest, I don't mind doing these type of things. So but it's if you let can pique my interest. So let me just ask you this. Mm -hmm. To kind of give you the flip side to your, to your question. How many times have you been at a social gathering, whether it's a club, bar, concert whatever right mm -hmm. how many dudes have you seen there just sitting by themselves or with their boys no attention no play no nothing you see it pretty often right yeah right how many dudes now okay i'll take it a step further how many dudes do you see wearing like you know collared shirt khakis running shoes like the the old school new balances you know, shirt tucked into pants and everything. No women around them. Do you think that's by coincidence? Do you think it's because he doesn't have money? Do you think he's not financially secure or stable? I go out in a white tee that's wrinkled and a fucking acid washed fucking cargo off brand fucking shorts or something like that and i still get somebody to walk up i've gone out in fucking sweats and then i knew that yeah. there was one girl that was like oh as long as you don't show up in sweats i was like i'm gonna wear sweats 24 7 but guess what i can actually pay for like 300 so this, meal. so you're, you're proving my point without even realizing it you're proving my point you are whether it's let's just say you're ugly all right let's just say you're ugly like you claim to be <laughs> so you have some power cause <laughs> Andrew, shut the fuck up. 
Let's just no, say see, you're look, ugly. Let's, let's give Andrew his benefit of the doubt. Andrew, at least if you're ugly, you go to the gym so you got muscles. So someone can look at you and be like, I like his biceps. Fair enough. There you go. So, like, so I'll say look, this, I can't relate to none of y'all. Married. <laughs> <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> Let me just say this. Kaz, you just said you go to the club in a white wrinkled shirt, acid wash, jeans, shorts, whatever, sweats. You still get attention, right? That's just because you're a hoe. I don't want to answer, but yes, I guess you could say so. I, I can say so. Yeah, you get that attention. You don't do the approach, and they approach you, right? More times than not, because I never approach anybody. So again, let's just say you're ugly. There is something appealing about you that draws women to you. So therefore, you have the end. And the fact that you're able to buy a round of drinks for everybody just ups your quote-unquote value according to them. So I think you're everyone just a- thinks I'm a drug dealer in the corner or something like that. Kazo, yeah, you, gonna- yeah I, I need to get statements. I, I need to get statements from people to be proven let wrong me, in this case. <laughs> let me ask them something. Attract, do you think attract, attractiveness is subjective? Yes. You know, they say beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. Because, guys, I'm going to put you on blast here, bro. But some of these <laughs> strays guys be coming home, but they be really dangerous. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you. You said dangerous? Hey, a win is a win. Dangerous. A win is a win. A win is a win. Hey, I, I don't knock them. I don't knock them. I'm just saying. So beauty in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, absolutely. So and then we gotta know, take we gotta we gotta take a look at who the holders are. <laughs> that really I mean, determine. all I'm saying is, hold on, hold on, hold on. When he, when you say that they're dangerous, I'm just gonna admit that whether anybody agrees with me or not, I do not take home tens. Well, this this is a whole other conversation in itself. Do you? Why don't you take home tens, Cos? Because tens believe that everyone else thinks that they're a ten, so they believe that they deserve what a ten has. And there's this false sense of, there's a false mindset of what's actually deserved of being in this spot. Like if someone's always told you are the most pretty, you are this, you are this, you are this, and like you said, uh, what was it, privilege and pretty? Mm-hmm. So if they're told that they can get everything because they look a certain way. Why am I going to put myself into a situation to deal with somebody with that mindset? So their prettiness is almost a repellent for you in that regard. But let me just clarify. When I say dangerous, I don't mean like dangerous, they're attractive. I just mean they're just dangerous people. Like they have a (laughs) somewhere trying to find their ass. (laughs) There is something, there's something of the sort. Like they're just all around dangerous. Not that they're dangerous, attractive. They're dangerous and just straight up. They're not probably not good for his health. I, I think I think we've all had our first year of dangerous women, crazy women. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's my thing: is when he says strays, I think there is a legit reason why they are strays. I just happen to attract strays. Andrew, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go How on. Are you- Oh, you just 
they're strays for a reason. And I mean, even Sylvia brought it up and she was like, like, oh, who has the worst taste and all this other stuff, blah, 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 between like me and like three other people. I was one of those people. Sure. I don't remember who the argument was, but these are strays for a reason. And it's like all these. Let me actually put this in a, in a real world situation, including everyone, not just women, but men included as well. Are broken by some type of bullshit and then are attracted to somebody that they think can fix them or this or this or all this other stuff and just bring their broken bullshit over there and then create a bunch of drama. That's why I said attractiveness is subjective. But attractiveness will get you away with a lot of bullshit. I might have been playing like, look, and this could just be me personally. I put up with a lot of bullshit with people that I thought were fine and people that I knew I could do better than. Oh my God. I was like Corey Holcomb to those girls. I'd rather find a six that knows what the fuck she wants to do with her life and got her life together and is a normal human being than find a 10 that can't look at herself in the mirror because she's got body dysmorphia and believes that she's not a 10. And then, well, this is what makes my situation so much better. I have a 10 who, again, that, like, I tell Hannah all the time, I'm just like, a part of what drew me to you and what made me want to take this relationship seriously with you was the fact that once I got on your social media, right after meeting you, there were no ass shots, there were no videos or pictures of you on somebody's yacht or in the club every weekend. All your stuff was family, dogs, and outdoors. And y'all have seen Hannah. Y'all know she has the capability to uh, be out here. And yet she's not. That to me was what was made what made me say. I'm sorry. My fault, my fault. Go ahead. But yeah, cause what you're saying makes sense because it's like, you know, for me, as I've gotten older and the thing that I've found that I value more than anything truthfully is who is going to in short treat me right but it's like who's going to respect me who's going to show me respect patience and grace for whenever shit hits the fan essentially and yeah like I agree with whoever, you and peace whoever oh bring me peace, some peace 100%. I need some peace yeah. look me, I've been married for eight years. I got three kids. Woo! But I've known my wife since I was 13 years old. I mean, was she always a peaceful different. person? No, 100%. No, I agree. I tell you right now, 100%. We both oh, grew really? and, and <laughs> we both grew and, you know, as we got older, we grew, you know. We changed. We yeah, were both yeah. young. You know, of course, we're not peaceful when we're 14-year-old children. <laughs> I, mean, I was into some stuff. He was into some stuff. Is what it is. But you know, as we grew, we married. We both bring each other. Try our best to bring each other peace. But like I said, it's different. I can't. I can't relate to you guys on a lot of levels because not too much have I been around all that. Because when I found my person, I kind of just kept with my person. No, nah, man, and that's a beautiful thing. That's a real beautiful thing. 
I agree. I, but like I said, I think it's all uh, all subjective at the end of the day because you know, someone might be like, "Oh, you know," like you said, they might they someone might actually really think you're better looking than Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> or someone you know might not. Some people don't even think Michael B. Jordan's good looking. I'm telling you, the minute, he sh- the minute he shaves his mustache, I'm promising y'all. <laughs> Has he had a mustache in every fucking movie? He hasn't had a mustache the whole time. No, he hasn't had it the whole time. When he was younger, he never had it. That's what I'm saying. I was like, has he had the mustache the whole time? No, he he wasn't really like. Let's let's be real. What do you when do when do you think Michael Jordan really blew up? Like when do you think? Creed, 2015. Creed was when the door was open, but Black Panther is what took the door off the hinges. That's what I was gonna say. Black Panther is what pushed him. And you've seen that man with a mustache ever since, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been in some older movies, but I I don't remember anything. That you know what I, I don't it, remember. I'll tell you this: I do think that truthfully, there's quite a few dudes. Just me personally, there's dudes that I genuinely believe I'm better looking than, and then there are guys that I look at that you know make me tuck my neck chain in, like oh shit, Debo, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh. You know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that kind of comes with the territory of being out here, man. It's just as LA, that's you, like I said, different. And you know, I'll be acting different with my girls sometimes. I'll be like, "Woman, what'd you say?" Be like, oh, my bad, babe. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I'm tr- I'm tripping. My bad. <laughs> LA is his own territory. When you when I hear people that grew up in LA, me and Cash were a, a dude who grew up in LA, and his parents like had money, and this guy was up here. For whatever reason, for a couple years, and he also had wild, <laughs> bro. And like, let me tell you, like, different because he was he was a stock market kid. That's how best way I'm gonna put it. His grandma, like, his grandparents invested in like Coca Cola back in the day when it was like only going for like a dollar. So she like Damn. lives off dividends. Like she lives off dividends of Coca Cola, like a thousand million shares or whatever. Yeah. But this guy, he showed me legit. He also showed Kaz. Kaz is proof. He showed us his stock account, quarter of a million dollars in it. Mm-hmm. And he was I'm just t- like, he told us one time that he, for him and his friends back in LA, he rented a 15 seater private plane to go to Vegas and back for $63,000. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's different, nah, different out there. No, nah, it is. He was wild. I great tell people guy, all the time. Great guy. I tell people this all the time. The minute I come up on my Oscar, or if I ever win Sexiest Man Alive, I'm gonna have a whole new fucking attitude, man. I'm gonna be obnoxious for like three weeks, like three weeks straight. I'm gonna be the biggest douchebag y'all have ever seen. Ever. So you but know, you, uh, let me uh, ask let you. Me this. Go ahead. Go ahead first. Do you think uh, if you won an Oscar, do you think that would solidify you? Like, do you think you would actually actually need one, or do you think like it's a must? So, truth be told, that's that's just a goal of mine. That's like my dream, and it's been my dream yeah, since yeah. I was nine. But I feel like my career is defined by the other actors I work with. So, like, if I'm always that dude in every film or every show that I do in the future, mm-hmm. then I feel like nah, I I need to get in there with the Denzels, with the Michael B. Jordans, with the Jamie Foxes, with the De Niro's, with the Pacino. When I'm in the echelon, when I'm in that company, when I'm doing projects with those actors, that's what solidifies me. 
I only say okay. that because I'm like, I know there's many actors, like amazing actors who have never won an Oscar, been snubbed million one time. But their, their movies and their acting, amazing. I'll tell you this. If I never win an Oscar, but every year or every other year for the rest of my life, I'm in a movie with the best actors in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Sure. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me make a comparison for you here. You keep comparing yourself to Michael B. Jordan, and you say, like, once you get to this point, you're going to be happy, and you're going to hit your little moment. You've seen Creed 3, right? Not yet, but that's on my list. I've just been busy. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. But go ahead and spoil it for me, because nothing's ever as appealing as actually seeing it. I haven't it. seen any of them, so you can go ahead and tell me. Okay. So you know the whole thing with Jonathan Majors and his character, right? Yeah, like yeah. he came out of prison or something, whatever. Yeah. He came out of prison and then goes the into... Uh, like big, big. Yeah, big, it was big, like this big, big issue when they were kids kind of thing. They were in like the home together, all this other yeah. stuff. And then Kree goes and he gets big, you know? Adonis, he yeah. starts doing his thing. He's boxing. At this point, he's starting to retire. He's doing like his last fights. He's becoming a promoter. He's promoting boxes. He's doing this. He's doing that. And this guy shows up out of nowhere and it's just kind of like, hey, I want a shot. Does all this stuff. And then there's a scene where it gets really fucked up and they're like on a news call and they're talking about different stuff of this fight. And he calls him on the phone and he's just like, hey, little bro. You know what's what's real, and he's talking to him over like over live TV, and he looks at me and goes, "Let's not do this right now." He's like, "No, no, no! This is the perfect time to do this. Let's show them who you really are." What? And starts bringing up all the stuff that happened back in the day. Now, I don't want to be that guy, but if you hit this and you start saying, "I'm lo- I'm better looking than Michael B. Jordan. I got this Oscar, and I got this." Just believe the second that you start getting that cocky attitude, I'm going to be on the phone in the middle of your interview. You're going to be giving your speech and I'll be like, hey, little bro, you remember that time uh, outside swear before, the club? I swear before God, if you do. When, when I was the one that got caught up for this situation, when I ran into the group of people and... You know, yeah, you yeah. and all this stuff happened to me. Cause this is where I'm giving you permission to do that. The only time you could ever do some shit like that to me is if you ever see me on a public platform talking about how I'll whoop a nigga's ass. I'll fuck anybody <laughs> up to get to my way. The minute I start boasting up like I'm some dude that's just out here and I'll fuck anybody up, you have my permission to do that. But if I'm just the best looking man on the planet, Fucking just chill out. Like, <laughs> let me take I'm my dog. You and be like, I saved you when you we, planet, we was though. twenty years old. We were twenty years old. I yeah. saved your face at twenty something years old because you could have gotten in that fight with all of them. You could have been the one to get punched thirteen times or Superman like that one dude did me. But you know, I was the one that oh, stepped God. in and saved your face. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, I'm you're not the best looking man. You're not the best looking man in the world. Ryan Reynolds is. I'm going back off mic for a second. <laughs> no, but I, I think that brings up another. People go back getting really big, really famous, you know, did everything to get out from where they are. But then they go back and they're still back doing the same thing. 
think about all these mostly rappers, Charlie, that go back hood and end up dying there. Shit. Mm-hmm. Oof. Like, who I was really it? Tony Yeah, I was on a drink champ interview, and he he said. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm dying, I want to die like doing something. So I made too much money. My like my speedboat flipped or something. You know, not that I got shot because I was standing <laughs> on the block where I'm used to be from. Right, right. It brings that bring that point. Like when you get big, should you go back? Are you obligated to go back? You go back to leave your community better than when you got there. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, put money into community, but like you yourself, should you be going back? No, or just be putting the money into the community to set it, but like not you yourself be there. I... You yourself can't go back because think about this. And Michael, I know what you're gonna say because this is like a black community thing. But who killed mm-hmm. Malcolm X? Oh. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I can give you the easy, easy answer for anyone who doesn't know. The same people who he was trying to help were the ones that killed him. And that is a repeated situation when you come out of something like that. You can help them, but if you go back, the same people you're going to help are the ones that killed you. Do you remember the Nipsey Hussle situation? He was in his community. And they killed him. You know, there's also a conspiracy right. theory uh, about Martin Luther King. How he died. Because, you know, he preached the whole, I want equality and everything like that. He said, so, mm-hmm. so supposedly after that, everybody started moving out of the black neighborhoods into the white neighborhoods. And now the money is coming out of the black neighborhoods. And he said, you know. I just wanted to be equal with them, but you know, we should have stayed with our people, you know, grew with our people, this and this. And when he started talking about money and moving money away from the blacks into the white neighborhoods, vice versa, they're like, you're done. This is supposedly that's why he was killed. I mean, that would make sense because I've said this many times of as much as people say the hatred on like Jewish communities, the Jewish community keeps the money within themselves. That's why the Jewish community is rich. And I also so got to say talking about money yeah. like that, I, I, which I can, quick. I can appreciate that about the Jewish community. I really can. Here's the one caveat. I, I really wish that some people would stop doing, and not saying you did this cause because you didn't, but when some people say, oh, the Jewish community did it, why can't the black community do it? Yeah, majority of the Jewish community can navigate the world as a regular white person and have for a while. So it's like, you know, that's the, the biggest disadvantage sort of red flag that any person of color has had in America that wasn't Jewish. Okay, but let me hit you with this then. I understand where you're coming from and I'm not, I know exactly what you're saying. But if we have to navigate the world as black people, right? Mm-hmm. Why does it mean anything for someone to have to navigate the rest of the world as a white person, like a Jewish people could navigate the world as a white as like a white person, 
and keep the money within the Jewish community, why is it difficult for black people to navigate the world as a black person and keep the money within the black community? Because, and again, this all kind of goes back to the head start that we didn't have in this country. When we think about, let's, let's think, let's take this to a minute, a small minute level. Somebody starting a YouTube channel typically takes about 10 years before they see like real success and can cake off of that and live off of that, right? Around that. So imagine trying to open a bank. Imagine trying to open a grocery store, some for, uh, getting property. That takes a certain, that takes an amount of time and equity that not a lot of people have. Now, outside of your family, and I'm, I'm strictly speaking outside of families, and this is where I think the, the divide comes in among what we value as people. Outside of family members, it was very and still is very difficult for people of color to go into these in financial institutions to say, hey, I would like a loan for my business, for my home, for this car. And get a substantial loan to get that off the ground. Simply no, I understand that. Yeah. And so for me, that's kind of like where I'm coming from with it. It's just like. But that's getting started. And I understand where you're coming from because there is like this thing when you bring that up saying, okay, as navigating the world as a black man, you got to jump this hurdle. You got to get started. But once you're started, what is it that this person does? Okay, let's bring, for example, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan gets in. He gets a shoe brand. He gets all this other stuff. He's got all this stuff going. What does he do to give back to a black community? From what I've heard. And again, this is just strictly from what I've heard word off the street is that a lot of his money goes towards like programs that delve more so for retired athletes in their families, like in terms of like medical insurance and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the common conception is that he doesn't. And I mean, here's the thing. You have anything that you donate, quote unquote, that's always going to be a good tax write off anyway. Not to say that it doesn't help, but, you know, but yeah, that's a personal thing. He's doing it for himself more than doing it for somebody else. But here's the thing. You have somebody, like you said, let's say you and me go to a bank and you can't get the loan, but I can get the loan to start a business, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I start a business. Because I start a business and you can't get the loan, but we're both black males. What is the normal blackmail response to me getting the loan and not you getting a loan? Do you see my point here? I do. The normal blackmail response is, why did that guy get something that I didn't, right? Yes. 100%. So in the end, what ends up happening is you as a blackmail no longer will support me as a blackmail because I did something that actually could benefit it myself and my future now it becomes a a cycle because it's a crab in a bucket mentality but this could actually be a cycle that could work because if i end up going and getting a loan and let's say that i go to a black owned bank or i create a black owned bank Mm -hmm. all right and you become somebody who banks at my black owned bank just like you said if there's the jewish community and they can work as navigate as white people 
there could be somebody who's a half-breed black guy or one of those guys that speak proper and all the other stuff that could go there and get that loan and create a black-owned bank. Now every black person, black, the people who navigate the world as black people could bank with this black-owned bank. Now you no longer have to try to navigate the world as this white person going to the white bank to get a loan because you're going to the black owned bank, keeping the money within the black community the same way that the Jewish people own a Jewish owned bank, keeping the money because the Jewish people go to the Jewish bank. Am I right? Right. But where the mentality falls apart is because this guy got something that I couldn't. I don't want to help him. That is a black community fault. We can agree on that. But, but to be fair, yeah, but to be fair, because they tried that and they found the whole entire city. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Black, Black like, Wall Street, so, man. So, that's what he's going saying. You have to start. They, they, they didn't get a chance to even start. Because when they tried, blow it all up. You right. know where I but think here's also the told. thing where I can actually hold on. Let me get this one across because that is a yeah, historical yeah, yeah. thing that lets you actually know what happened. And I don't know how many people do know this one, but I do remember that that is fact. But because that happened one time, does that mean that we cannot actually try to rebuild? Are we just going to use this one time situation, the same thing over and over and over and over again as it's used not to progress forward? Well, I can, I personally, I think I can tell you what it is that we can do as a community to remedy that. And it all starts, and this is just on a smaller level, but this is where it all starts. It starts with what do we value? There is a reason why when we were talking earlier about pretty privilege, there's a reason why I brought up the example specifically of I'm living with my family because when you're a 17 or 18, 19 year old kid, coming out of high school, maybe going into college, you are, you are supposed to have your own spot to get out of your parents' house so you could be independent, do your own thing. And it's like, no, why don't, you know, if you're a family of five, say it's you have two, two parent household or even just one, but you have like three siblings, right? Why don't y'all say, Hey, regardless of what happens, we're all going to work. We're all going to pay rent or the mortgage here. You know, we are all going to collectively get these things together. Then once this mortgage is paid off, we're going to buy another property. Then once we paid off this property, we're going to invest in a business. But because the idea of not of living at home is seen as unsexy, it's not valued. That is where I think it all kind of starts is everything that we do trickle it all centers around what do what can i do to be seen as desirable to the opposite sex a woman living at home with her mom and dad until she gets married that's normal no dude is ever tripping off of that the only dude that trips off of that is a dude that you know can't sleep with her whenever he wants to that's the only dude that's tripping off of that but you know i just think that's kind of that's a small example of where it can start is if you want true financial freedom and a, a true sense of community, are we willing to live together for however long it takes to build? Right, it's a lost thing. 
But um, hey, fellas, I'm sorry to cut it short, but uh, I, I myself got to get going. But uh, no, I'm glad, I'm glad this is back, y'all. I'm glad uh, we got this platform again, and you know, can't wait to be uh, be on here again talking with you guys. Yes, sir. That's good job, I'm about to bro. make me some food. I'm hungry as hell. All right, all right. Y'all take it easy, all right? All right, be safe, bro. No problem, brother. All right, bro. I'll talk to you. Be safe. Later, fam. Later. Yeah, I'm about to cook dinner here in a minute. All right, fam. I'll see you at work. I'm down. I'm down for it. I can. But.